are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 26th, Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. It is officially media day, which means it's officially the start of the Portland Trailblazers season. Um, So we today on Lockdown Blazers are going to look at some stories that I think are important to what the Blazers will do this coming season and how they will do and how they will perform. I think just by, you know, looking at these questions and and seeing whether the Blazers can answer them or not or how they answer them, you know, this coming season, I think how those questions and stories play out will be, you know, big indicators for this team's progress. And I think that's where the biggest concern is for everyone that you know follows this team and uh it, is that you know where is the progress going to come from after such a remarkable season really the the year before where no one expected anything from the Blazers last season and then all of a sudden they show up and they win 44 games and they get the fifth seed and they get a break, you know, in in the playoffs with the Clippers getting injured. But then they also play really well against the Warriors. And so all of a sudden, everybody is um, very, you know, interested in what the Blazers are doing and what the Blazers outlook is. And I guess the biggest concern I think is with them is where is the progress going to come from? And I think by answering some of the questions that we're going to talk about and, the ways that the team addresses those are really going to tell us a lot about how they're going to do this season. And so uh, the first question or story that I want to, you know, look ahead at that I think is going, obviously going to be a big story is who starts at small forward and what kind of identity does this team go with off the bat? And I do think that this is an important question because I do, you know, I think a lot of times, the question of who's going to start is kind of, you know, at times it can be a little, you know, short-sighted because, you know, it's not who starts, it's who finishes a lot of times in the NBA. You know, a lot of times starters, you know, you look at the Warriors, which uh, obviously is, you know, an example that every a lot of people know, you know, Andre Iguodala, big part of the team, huge part of their success, not a starter. Manu Ginobili, probably going to be a Hall of Famer not a starter for most of his career. But I, I am intrigued by um, the options that the Blazers have at small forward. And I I do think that whoever starts there is going to, you know, give them some kind of identity to start the game. They're, they're going to identify with that starting lineup and they're probably going to play more minutes with that starting lineup than other lineups. So it, it is going to be important. And I just think it's going to be an interesting question how Terry Stotts answers you know, what does the team need at that position with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, with Al Farouk Aminu, with Mason Plumley out there? Is, you know, what type of player is really going to give them the best chance to win and also not just give them the best chance to win, 
in the time that, that lineup is out there, but also make the best use of all of the tools at your disposal, which is you just paid over $140 million for Alan Crabb and Evan Turner. You know, you have Myers Leonard. You know, you, you have all these guys, you know, that, that can shoot the ball, but you, you need to be able to maximize their shot selection. And I don't know necessarily if playing Harkless off the bench is going to give is going to help the Blazers make the most of all of the skills that they have on their team, all the shooters that they have on their team, the guys that can create on their team. I think Harkless is kind of a low maintenance, doesn't need the ball, can kind of just do his thing out there, play defense, get rebounds, and um, I think he gives them an identity. But I think Evan Turner could also give them one with just another playmaker on the court. You'd have four, you know, potentially five if Aminu can continue to improve his playmaking on the court at the same time with Turner. And then you have the spacing of Crab, which you know is going to, you know, create space, but you know, you just don't know, you know, when they might need to use those lineups. And so um, I do think that who starts and like, and, and how they, you know, start games is really going to be an important marker for this team. And it's, you know, who's going to start. So I think uh, who will start at the three is a big story to look at. I doubt that Terry Stotts will provide any answers um, about who will start um, this far out from the first regular season game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Stotts even, you know, toyed around with different starting lineups in the preseason and then kind of leaves it up to, um, you know, we'll keep it very internal uh, about who's going to start for them uh, for the first regular season game. Uh, and then, you know, another question that I kind of want to look at with the Blazers is, you know, what are their expectations? And I think last year when they met up for media day, you know, they came out and said that they were going to be, you know, they were going to try and be a playoff team. Obviously nobody really believed them. Nobody really thought that they were going to be very good. And, you know, they kind of called their shot in the, in the preseason and, you know, the Blazers were definitely better than even the Blazer, the people who constructed the team thought they would be. However, I do think that um, where the team thinks they see themselves is important. And I'm interested to see, you know, how that comes out tomorrow because this is no longer a team that is just going to be okay with, you know, they, I don't just, you know, improvement without any, you know, uh, benchmark or anything like that, which was kind of how they approached it last year. They said they were going to try and get it for the playoffs, but, you know, they didn't have a win total or anything. They just wanted to get better. And, you know, I, I think they may take that same approach again. I don't, I don't think that they're going to, you know, try and call out a seed or winning the division or, or any of that stuff. I really do think that they are, are, are still, you know, they're still going to talk a lot about the process. Oh my gosh, it's process season. I forgot about that. We're going to hear that a lot, uh, this week, uh, as, as training camp gets going around the league. But, um, you know, I, I, I do think that they will probably, you know, broaden their expectations and, and, and think that they're going to be a little bit better than what they thought last year. So I'm interested to hear, you know, where they think they will be and where they think they can go as a team after making it to the second round last year and really their first year together. Um, and another question that I have, um, 
that I think is going to be very important. And it's kind of a reason why I think Alfaruk Aminu is the third most important player. He may not be the third best player, third most skilled player, player on the Blazers, but I do think that in terms of importance and the impact on the Blazers that he will have, I think Aminu is the third most important. And is he going to continue to kind of carry the load in the way he did last year? Obviously, he played a lot of small forward last year. However, he's going to be asked to start at four. And will they utilize his skills as a power forward or his skills that he kind of got to develop a little bit more last year, sometimes handling the ball, sometimes leading the break, sometimes, you know, running the pick and roll. Are they going to use those type? Are they going to ask him to do those types of things in this power forward role that he will be inheriting this coming season? And I think that that's a really interesting question. So can he continue to carry the load? Will the Blazers ask him to continue to carry a load offensively the way he did last year? And, you know, how can he deliver again? Because I, we talked about it on the last podcast when we kind of broke down the front court and the wings that, you know, I don't necessarily think that the league still, that the league really believes. I'm sure the Blazers believe it because they have to. And if they don't believe it, then the Blazers are not going to get anywhere with Aminu as their third most important player. But I think the league thinks that, you know, maybe his three-point shooting last year was kind of an aberration and he can't really shoot that well from three. And I think that that's going to be tested. And will he be able to continue the type of load that he carried? Will they ask him of it? Will he touch the ball as much now that they have Evan Turner, you know, who will be getting minutes even if he doesn't start? And if he does start, then he'll be touching the ball much more than Aminu, I would imagine. And uh, how does all that affect his play and how does that in turn affect the Blazers? Because I do think that Aminu's play will be a, a key to how how far they can go as as a unit and you know you can uh, Aminu we'll we'll find out pretty soon I think too in the preseason if we you know when we get to see some of their preseason games you know how much of a role that he may have we'll see you know kind of little hints of how they may use him but at the, at the same time you know the, the the preseason is also a time to test things out, and especially when you have almost the entire team back. I think we could see a lot of things that the Blazers are doing in the preseason that they just may not carry over. I remember uh, one of the things they did last preseason was they tried to get Myers Leonard moving off the ball a little bit more as a as kind of a guy to get open to shoot threes, and those sets almost never came out in the in the regular season. So. Um, while we could see some hints as to how Aminu may be asked to continue to contribute offensively, we also just may see the Blazers tinker a little bit more. Uh, so that's something to watch for and something that you can also watch if you go check out a Blazers preseason game this, uh, you know, this preseason. And the first one is actually uh, just a week away, as crazy as that is, to say the Blazers will be playing a preseason game on Monday, the on Monday, October 3rd, and you can look for tickets to get to go to that game using the SeatGeek app. And buying tickets online for sports and concerts has always been a confusing process, and it's always been really hard to find the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to. 
And none of the older ticket sites really want to change that. But SeatGeek is different, and they've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell their tickets. And if you want to make it to the first preseason game for the Blazers uh, against the Utah Jazz, I definitely think that you should uh, look on SeatGeek. And I have the app on my phone, and you should definitely download it yourself. And they do price comparisons. They grade all the deals from 1 to 100, making sure that you get the best deal possible. And it's really just a, a great service for fans. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. And to redeem that $20 rebate, you have to first download the SeatGeek app, then go into the settings tab and click add a promo code, then enter promo code LOBLAZERS, that's LOBLAZERS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase, whether it's a preseason game, regular season game, uh, basketball game, Timbers game, football game, Seahawks, Ducks, whatever, and if that's your first ticket purchase, SeatGeek will send you $20. And to do that, once again, you have to download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So uh, continuing on with the five questions that I have looking ahead to media day today uh, with the Portland Trail Blazers, and that's um, you know, kind of the outlook, I guess, that a lot of other that maybe other people have of them. And um, Mark Stein, just to use one example as of a rating, has the Blazers ninth in his ESPN preseason power rankings. And, um, you know, I'm curious to see how the league kind of perceives the Blazers, because I feel like even though they say the Blazers don't pay attention to um you know, what others say and they only have their own expectations, it also clearly drives them in a way the, you know, the perceived disrespect. I think, um, you know, maybe people don't think that they're going to perform as well as they did or uh, perform as well as, you know, they think they can. And I think, you know, where the league sees them, where the media sees them, you know, I I actually think is important to this team. And I, I am just curious to see, how they react to that perception. Um, I think Mark Stein has them ninth. I think NBA 2K has them ninth overall in the league as well. Um, and I, I, I think that that's something that's something that plays into the psyche of this team at times. And uh, I wonder how they will respond to it and how they'll perform when, you know, expected to perform well, because that's new territory for this team to be in. Because while, no one is putting them in the conversation with the Warriors or the Cavaliers or, you know, those elite teams. You know, they are expected to be a good team, which no one expected. I mean, people thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league last year. And so um, how do they respond to a season where they are expected to perform? And I think that that is really uh, an important thing for this team. Um, because although, you know, there are a lot of hot teams like the Utah hype train is real. Um, and, but the, the Blazers are expected to win games. So, um, Las Vegas, you know, they just did the over under, um, and I think they set it at 46 and a half, 46 or 47 and a half. So that, that's what the Blazers are expected to do this season. So, I am really interested to see how they respond to 
the fact that people think that they're going to be good. Uh, so I think that that's a really important story. And then uh, the last story that I want to look at um, for today's episode, as we look ahead to Media Day, again, not something that we're really going to know right away, but something that I want to look for in the preseason and something that I want to look for uh, not just in the preseason, but you know, just early on in the season because I think Mason Plumlee will be the starter, but will he have developed by then? Does he have a go-to move in the post? Does he have some kind of move when he catches the ball around the basket that he can really make something happen, make something positive happen, and be a reliable finisher for this team when it's not an alley-oop dunk? Because he still, you know, needs to get there. He really wasn't, you know, he really cost the Blazers a lot in the playoffs. And I think, you know, he's so good at playmaking, so good at handling the ball for his size, so good at doing things that you don't expect your center to be very good at. But you need him to also be, you know, big in the middle and do the things that your centers can traditionally do well, because that's why, you know, you want to have taller guys on the floor, guys that are athletic and big and seven feet tall, all that stuff. And I think without being able to score around the basket, Plumlee, you know, minimizes just how good he can be. And I am really interested to see how he comes back this season. Does he have a move or two? And, you know, Plumlee's also, you know, an older NBA player. Uh, he spent four years at Duke. So, um, he's already, you know, pretty well developed, but if he can develop another move, if he can score around the basket, then that opens up a whole, you know, again, it's going to make the center decision uh, a lot clearer if, if Plumlee can score down low in addition to all that he can do already handling the ball and passing the ball. Um, you know, defensively, he still needs work and the Blazers need an answer there. And, you know, whether it's Festus Azili or perhaps down the line, maybe Myers Leonard developing in it, into it or even Plumlee, which seems unlikely. But um, I think Plumlee figuring out a way to score around the basket would really open a lot of doors for his game and, you know, make the Blazers that much better uh, a, a, as a unit. So uh, looking for, you know, Plumlee, has he developed a move around the basket to go to to really, you know, make teams respect him when he catches the ball, not just as a threat to make a great pass, but as also a threat to score. Um, but yep, uh, that's it for this Monday media day episode of locked on blazers. Uh, very excited that the season is here. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to locked on blazers on iTunes. If you listen to us on, uh, fan rag sports, thank you for listening and subscribe to us on iTunes or stitcher or, uh, Audio Boom, who hosts our great podcast uh, and all of our podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, we're on Google Play. Tune in. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Blazers. You can follow me on Twitter to hear me ramble about the Blazers, the NBA, football, my Ducks, who lost this weekend, all that stuff. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. And we will be back with you later on this week as training camp opens and we wrap up media day.
Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.